You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I'm super excited because we've got a very special guest on the line this week. Uh, She's also a course creation coach. She's also a podcast host herself. I recommend everyone go over and and check out her podcast, which is the Little Miss Course Creator Podcast. I'm sure a a few of you listen to that uh, anyway. She's really, really good at what she does. And what we're going to be speaking about today is the five keys to creating a course that gets your students results. So without further ado, let me introduce this week's guest, the one and only Ms. April Bradford from the Little Miss Course Creator. April, how are you? Good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Jonah. I'm so excited to be here and to be able to speak to your audience. No, thank you. Thank you for, uh, you could have spent your time anywhere in the world and you've chosen to spend it with me and my audience over there on Sunday night in, in the USA or Canada. I'm not actually sure where you're from. Um, US, I'm not sure yep. it's one of those two, right? USA or Canada? Yep. Uh-huh. US. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, the accent sounds the same to me, you know? It's either like I can pick the Australian accent, the New Zealand accent. You know, that's easy for me. But if you're anywhere mm-hmm. in North America, it sounds the same. And then if you're anywhere in like the UK or Ireland, it sounds the same to me as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm right there with you. <laughs> you know I'm from Australia, right? Yep. <laughs> okay, good, good. Some people I can tell say, by the accent. <laughs> okay, good, because some people think it's New Zealand. Um, April, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Yes, I do. So my favorite thing is if you dream it, if you believe it, you can do it. Mm. And truly, um, the reason how come I love that is because everyone has a dream, right? And it's that believing it, believing in your dream, believing in yourself, that when you believe it, then you truly can do it. And so I just remind myself over and over again, like, you just got to believe in yourself, believe in, you know, like, I love believing in my, um, my audience, my you know, the people in my sphere, because I know that when you believe in yourself, others believe in you, like every, anything is possible. Yes. Love that. I love both parts to that. Uh, Cause even the dream part, I know you mentioned everyone's got a dream. I feel a lot of people even don't, you know, in this little like, ah, yeah, it'll, it'll just work out. Yeah. I'll do something. I'll, I'll just work out. So I'm a big fan of the dream part as well, where it's like, okay, let me dream. Let me visualize. Okay, cool. This is exactly what I want it to happen. And then it's like, all right, cool. Now I can back myself to make that dream happen. So I like both parts to it. And yeah, the believe is huge. Like if you don't believe in yourself, who the heck else? Why would a customer believe in you? You know, if you're not sure that you can get the result, no way is a customer or client. So I think it's so important to to believe in yourself there. So thank you for that quote there, April. Now, what we're going to speak about today, the five keys. I'm going to hand it over to you here. This is your specialty. This is your uh, bread and butter. So where do we start? I guess we start at number one. What's what's the number one key? Yes. Okay. So let me give you a little background on why I truly like 100% stand by these keys that if you do these five things, like it gets your students results. So um, before I 
had my business, I was an educator. Um, I have a master's degree in education. I've taught from um, littles to adults. <laughs> I've taught everything in between. And these are the keys that not only was I taught in my college classes, but I did it myself with my students. And now with my course creators, um, they're doing this with their students and getting the results. And so truly all of these are based on um, not just research of my own, but truly they are research backed um, keys to getting your students results. So, so let's dive in with number one. And this is the one that I feel like makes a huge difference, but no one talks about it, but it is the place that you have to start. So everyone talks about your ICA, right? Your ideal customer avatar. And that is great. And you do need to know that for the marketing aspect of your course, right? But no one talks about what I like to call your ideal star student. So who is that student that um, you want in your course? So this isn't, you know, like, okay, what are their biggest fears? What are, you know, like all that stuff that you talk to in the marketing, this is really understanding in whatever your course topic is, what, where are they at when they come to you? Mm. Like you have to understand where they are at to be able to connect what you're going to be creating and um, be able to take them to that next step. Because here's the mistake that if you are just like, well, I'm just going to teach this to, you know, Sally, who's middle-aged, who has five kids or whatever, you know, like you do not understand where they're at in their past. So when you know where they're at, you can create their, your course to, for a beginner level, or, you know, like they're an intermediate and you're going to take them to the advanced level. So knowing that creates a huge, so one of, one of the things, as you know, is knowing like, what do I put in my course? What do I leave out of my course? Like you have all this knowledge. And so it's, that really helps to narrow in your topic is knowing, okay, this is where my students starting at, and this is where I'm going to get them to. And so um, it just creates that clarity for you as the course creator. And then it helps them get results because you're starting talking in a space where they understand you're not like, you know, way above their head or you're not boring them with information. Cause they're like, I already knew all of this stuff. Like this is a, like, you know, they're not going to finish your course if they're like, this is fluffy and I already know this. Right. So that's the number one key. <laughs> yes. Love that. Some good points there. Cause you're right. Everyone speaks about it from the marketing side of things. What are their fears? Let's push the pain points, you know, let's sell them the dream and that's great. But now they've bought the course you want to make sure you deliver a good course there. And if you, if, if you've, you know, um, use some marketing strategy to get a beginner in and it's over their head, it's not going to help them. You know, or the flip side, you know, you use some marketing strategies to get the advanced person in and they already know everything. It's not going to help them. And yeah, all right. You might've made a sale, but it's not going to be a long-term one because that person's probably not going to come back for your next course. And they're probably not going to tell their friends. So I think that's important there. It's like marketing's half of it. Yes, let's get people in the door, but then let's yep. make sure we get them uh, amazing results by seeing where they're at. Hey, this is exactly where you're at. Here's what you got to do. So I love that there. And, I, and I'm guessing also you can have a few different courses, right? You might have your beginner one and then you might have your intermediate. Then you might have your advanced one there. So you still can speak to these people, but you, you sell them the one that's appropriate for them, right? 
Exactly. That's exactly right. Yes. You can create those different levels of courses and yeah, market to the ones where they're at. And another thing with this is um, when you know what, so what I like to do with my students um, is I have them know like, okay, obviously we create like our ideal star student and you're going to have people who, you know, are like in the outer sphere, but that ideal student, what is it that they know when they're coming into your course? Because a key thing when you know, okay, they're going to come into this course and they know this. So for example, like if you're, I build furniture so I can, you know, create an an example here. So I want to teach someone how to build a bookshelf, right? And so I'm going to bring in the beginner who knows nothing about uh, building anything, right? So I've got to know that that's where they're starting, but they do know like, okay, what is a two by four? Those kind of things. So then I can connect what I'm going to teach to what they already know. And that's a huge learning strategy that creates um, like the neural pathways in the brain, the synapses start firing when you connect um, what students are learning to what they already know. Like that is where, you know, you see those light bulb moments like, oh, I get it. So that's another key part of knowing your ideal star student is to be able to create those connections for them. So that understanding is there. Love that. A little bit off topic. I'm a Mm -hmm. huge or I was a huge WWF wrestling fan in the 90s. And there was Uh a wrestler, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and he used to bring a, a two by four down to the wrestling ring to hit his opponents with. And I know it's a big piece of wood, but I was always wondering, why is it called a two by four? I've always oh. wondered that. Now you just mentioned it then. What, what, why is it called a two by four? Okay. So when you buy wood, it's essentially supposed to be two inches by four inches wide. So like two inches thick by four inches wide. And then you can buy it in different lengths, like oh. six foot, eight foot. Yeah. But here's the thing that you have to know as a woodworker is they're actually like three by something inches it's not even four but two by four <laughs> yeah because I, I was trying to do the math and we don't use inches in australia anyway yeah like, that's right yeah i'm like that's a big ass piece of wood but it's not two <laughs> meters big and I, no. I couldn't do the math but okay that makes sense there how you've explained it awesome yeah. right. cool so number one is star student what's number two April? Mm-hmm. what do we have to do once we've we know our star student Yes. Okay. So number two is beginning with the end in mind. Mm. So a lot of people are like, okay, where should I start teaching them? You know, like, but when the very first thing that you have to do is what I call create your course foundation. And that is what everything else in your course is going to be built off of. Mm. Um, Just like a foundation of a house. If you don't have a solid foundation, everything else crumbles, right? So your foundation is that end goal that you want to get your students to. And knowing where you're taking them, it helps keep you on track when you're writing your course to go, okay, like, does this need to go in there? Well, is this getting them to that end point? If it's not getting them to that end point, it's not necessary. And if you put that stuff in there, those are the things that confuse your students and then they get lost. And then if we confuse them, they're gone. Like they're not going to finish our course. Right. And so that is so important of having that end goal in mind. We start with the end goal and then build everything to that. And 
that's just like, so when I was a teacher, we would create the tests that we were giving, you know, at the end of the unit. And then we would create, okay, this is what they need to know. So we're going to make sure that we teach that stuff in the unit. And then it just helped guide us to know, okay, this is what we're teaching. And it was so much easier. So that's key number two, start with the end in mind. Love it. Because my background's in fitness and it's exactly the same. It's like, if you just come and see me as a personal trainer and I just give you a bunch of exercise and a bunch of information that you don't need to know, you're just going to be confused as heck. But if it's like, yeah. oh, what's your goal? Hey, I want to, whatever, lose five kilos in, in 10 weeks time. Okay, cool. Here's exactly what you need to know. Ignore anything else. Turn the internet off. Don't follow me on Instagram. Just do this stuff here and you, you'll get the result quicker. So I, I love exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number three, April. Number three is engagement. Like we have to get our students to be engaging in our course. And this doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I need to have a Facebook group and have conversations going like, that's great, but you want them actually taking action on your course, right? And so the way that you do that is you have to create like activities or uh, I say activities, but, you know, like worksheets, journals, <laughs> that's a, reflections. You know? That's a good teacher word, right? Activities. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I used yes, to get excited in, in school. Whenever a teacher's like, oh, we got an activity. It was always something fun, you know? <laughs> yes. It's like, yes, we're doing an activity. Yeah. <laughs> but same thing, like when your yeah. students are like, because you knew that you were going to do something, you weren't just going to be sitting in your seat listening to a lecture all day long, right? That's why it was exciting. And it's the same for your students is when you give them something that engages them, that gets them to actually take action that they can see is going to get that end result, then that's, you know, that's what keeps them going. That's what keeps Mm -hmm. them engaged in your course. And, um, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can do engagement. You know, you've heard of, you've heard of gamification and things Mm -hmm. like that. One of my favorite things is micro learning, like keeping it short and simple, cutting out the fluff because in adult learning, we are busy, right? Like we don't have time to sit down for hours and listen. It's like, give me, take out the fluff, give me what I need. And it's, it creates that, you know, like they can take action right away instead of listening, listening, listening. And then it's, we're lost, you know, <laughs> then it's like, I got to pick up the kids, do the dishes, all those things. And I'm not going to finish. So engagement is key to keeping your students progressing through your course. Yes. Love that. I'm, I'm a huge, uh, I call them action tasks in my courses. So it's like, right, you know, you, you do a module. But the whole goal mm-hmm. of the module is just to get you to do the, or the whole goal of that lesson, you should say, is just to get that person to complete the action task. I just give enough information so that person does the action task and then they go through all the lessons, action task, action task, action task. Hey, you finished the module and you've actually got stuff done. It's not just, just learning from that there. Exactly. That's exactly right. Because, you know, like, how many of us have taken courses that we listen to don't take action on because, you know, we just got lost in it and didn't do it. So yeah, it's those action. I love that you call them action tasks because that's what, that's what they are. That's what we want them to do. Yes. So. Well, I'm a huge Tony Robbins uh, fan. You've got him over there in America, right? You know, who Tony Robbins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So he's a big yep. action task guy. So I think that's who I stole it from. 
Uh, and I, I, I love, love it. <laughs> I love how you also mentioned the uh, the busy side of things. I interviewed a guest last week. Do you know who Steph Taylor is by any chance, April? She's got a podcast too. I don't think I know her. Huh? Or something like that. She's based in um, in Queensland in Australia. So oh, she okay. A story. She made a million dollars last year selling her online course for $197, which is pretty cool in, in my opinion. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And it was like, I can't remember the exactly what her course was, but it was basically the bones. It's, it's a start your own podcast sort of course. And she mm-hmm. was, I think she tried to sell like a six week coaching for, you know, whatever it was, a thousand bucks, something, no one bought it. Right. And yeah. she went and she did some, some market research and she asked her audience, Hey, you know, you didn't buy, you know, why didn't you buy yada, yada, yada. Everyone's like, Hey, I don't have six weeks. You know, hey, I don't want to wait six weeks for the results. Hey, I don't want to do it in a group thing. Hey, I'm not free at this time here. So, you know, Steph went back and did some, some changed it around a bit and was just like, all right, well, people don't want to spend six weeks doing it. They don't want to meet week by week. They're not free at this time here. Let me just put the easiest, quickest thing together that someone can just do it in an hour and have a podcast ready to go. Went from selling it to, you know, a thousand to from whatever it was, a thousand to, you know, 197. And then it just sold like hotcakes. So, and, and not because of the, because I think a lot of people also think, oh, I got to put more in there, got to put more in there, got to make it longer, yeah. got to make it longer, but not necessarily the case. And that's, that's an example there. So thank you for bringing that up. Uh, point number four, April. So point number four is to create an organized curriculum and an organized um, members area. This is one thing that I think, so I am a very... I'm, my mind works in organization. Like I'm really good at organizing things, but I jump into, you know, like I'll do um, course audits and I'm like, this does not make sense because like this needs to go before here because your mm. student is not going to understand this if they don't get this. Right. Mm. And so having that organization and one, one story for you. So, and this is a really good, so I also have a master's degree in digital media design. So like user experience and things like that. Right. So I was in one of my classes um, when I was finishing this master's degree. And I, uh, during that semester, I went to Orlando, Florida, and we were at the airport. I don't know if you've ever been to the Orlando airport. You ever had that? Believe it or not, I have once been. Is that where (laughs) Disney World is, right? Yes. Disney World's there. Yes. Yes. It was the worst airport experience I had ever had because we had, it was just like this whole corral of people that, you know, there were like no lines. It was just all of us standing there instead of like making it organized. Like here's a line, here's a line, here's like, it was like, everyone was just massively going to this, you know? And, and so I'm like, don't have that kind of experience for your students because everyone was getting upset. Everyone was like watching someone else like, Hey, they were behind me, you know, like it just creates pure, pure chaos. And they're not, again, they're not going to finish your course. If they can't see where they log into your members area, do you have like a welcome start here? Um, And in your welcome video, do you have like, here's where to find these things. This is, you know, uh, because here's the thing is we are working with people from all different aspects of life, right? They, this might be the very first course and course platform they've ever logged into. And so we have to think about that too. Like we have to make sure that we are being very explicit and saying like, here's where you find the downloads. Here's where the videos are. This is when it's going to be 
uploaded, you know, if you're dripping your content, make sure that they know that from the very get go. And here's the thing too, is sometimes we have to repeat things because people don't always hear it the first time. So, you know, if you're dripping your content, make sure you're saying that over and over again, because again, that when you're saying it, you may be feeling like, oh my gosh, I've said this a hundred times. Like they're probably sick of it, but it creates that, um, that that person who maybe missed it or missed that video, didn't watch it all the way through. They heard it a different place and then it lowers your um, refund rates, all of that stuff, because it's a good experience. And um, do you guys have, I don't know with uh, Australia, but here in America, we have Target and Walmart. Yeah, yeah. Do we've, you guys- got, we've got Target and Kmart is our version. But we know what okay. Walmart is in Australia. Yeah, yeah. We don't have it. Okay. But we've seen it on The Simpsons and South Park, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I always say create a target experience for your customers because you'll hear, like, it's kind of a joke. Like, the moms here like to just go walk the aisles of Target because it's a great experience. And you go to Walmart and it's like, get me out of here as soon as possible so we want that target experience because you've just created an atmosphere that they're like oh like it's organized I know where I'm going I know what I'm doing I know what we're doing next I know what to expect is coming and it just creates you know just a good experience for your students let's take a quick break When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. 100 percent. i'll share an example with myself so i've been creating courses since 2014 right and mm-hmm. i made this stuff up a couple weeks ago so let me think how to explain this because i think there's a few lessons here so one thing i do is i always have a feedback form in my courses and i do mm-hmm. whatever possible to get the student to fill out that feedback and the, it's like five questions it's like what did you like what did you not like? What could I, the, the official question is out of a score out of one to 10, what would you rate this course? If less than 10, what could I have done to make it a 10? So if someone says an eight or nine, I want to hear what it was and I go on improve it. And my courses in, in one of my businesses, fitness education online, or I guess anyone really, like I've got the core content, but then I've also got some bonus content as well. And mm-hmm. I like to think that I make it clear that it's like, hey, everything you need to know is in the, the course content here. Uh, but hey, you know, here's some, some cool podcasts I've done or, you know, here's a, a live video I, I did on this topic here. Not part of the course, but, you know, you, you may also enjoy it as well. If you, you, know, you watch it, you might learn something different. And I mentioned mm-hmm. at the start in the intro, you know, hey, here's the bones of the course. There's some bonus stuff. You don't need to watch it. Uh, and then I got some some feedback and it wasn't just one. There were a couple of people that were like, yeah, it was good, but it's a little long, you know, like you had all this, this extra podcast and this live stuff in there. Like, you know, it, it was good, but I feel it didn't need to be in there. And I'm thinking in my head, hold on. I freaking said it was optional. Why did you watch it? But then I realized, hold on, that's my fault. I didn't make that clear enough. 
because obviously they've watched the intro. They've forgotten it the next day or a couple of days yep. later, or maybe they didn't get to the end of the intro, but that was good mm -hmm. feedback for me. So I went back in that course and I clearly mentioned whenever it was an optional one, I had in brackets next to it, this is optional, you know, and then went in at yep. the start of it. Hey, this is optional. It's not part of the course. And then since then, you know, none of that feedback there. So I think there's, I think the feedback part is important, but I also think it's, it's a matter of where I was sitting back and being like, well, I told them it was optional. They didn't need to watch it. But obviously I went from it from my perspective where I know the course inside out. I didn't go for it thinking where it's like, this could be the first time anyone's watched it. They've watched it a few days later, yada, yada, yada. So I think that's a very good point. Uh, yeah. Okay. Point number five, April. Okay. So point number five, and this goes back to, I actually kind of, mix the two put them together but provide that good user experience uh -huh. just make sure that your students are getting you know like the best of you and like you said like when you create the course like it was so like to you it was like well yeah these are bonuses you know I said it they get it like it's done right but when we make sure that we are explicit and here's the thing with my teaching from kids to adults adults are the worst students yeah. because they don't listen yeah. because we we're adults we're like yeah. exactly exactly and so creating you know just just like you said putting those optional you know it was it was simple for you to do but it made such a big yeah. difference yeah. for <laughs> your students yeah yep. just a matter literally it maybe took me 10 minutes to write optional in brackets in a sentence there but that could have saved students hours of time. You know, yep. say there's 10 students that go through that and they watch an extra two or three hours of content that they, not saying it's not, it's not good content, but they didn't have to, you know? It's like, yeah. that, that could be 30, like what took me 10 minutes can save 30 hours in, in a week. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then also thinking of things like, is there a way that if they have a question, how do they reach out to you? Do you have that inside of your course? Because I think so many times we assume like, oh yeah, they got the email with the login information. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they have my contact information, but that's not necessarily, they're not, you know, they may have deleted the email. Yeah. I don't know about you, but my email inbox, you know, like things get lost. And so yeah. it's like, make sure you have that. It's kind of like the concierge service of your course, you know, just, making sure you have those little extras that take your course from like, here's everyone else. And wow, they really served me. Like they thought of everything to make my um, student experience the best that they could. And I love that you have that feedback form because it's really, really hard when you're so close to your course and so yeah. close to your content to see all of those um, little trip ups that your students do have. So getting that feedback is huge. And that's amazing. That's another one of those great user experiences is that they can give you feedback and they feel heard when they give you feedback. So that's awesome that you have that in your course. I think it's close. And I, I think it's one of the most important parts of a course and almost selfishly, because like the reason I have feedback, it's not to make me feel good. It's to make the course better. You know, it's like, exactly. and I don't care if someone, because mine's a rating as well. So that's always intimidating. If people are going to rate you out of 10, you know, like I, one of my friends put me on a dating site once. This is back in high uh -huh. school. 
You know, they, they, they rated how good looking you were. I've still got, because I'm not the best looking guy, right? So I've already got those experiences from that. Um, but now I've realized I don't care. Like, I don't care if that person gives me a one out of 10. Not for my looks, I would care about that. But for the course, like, if, <laughs> I don't care if that person gives me a one out of 10 or a nine out of 10. The answer yeah. is, my, my uh, question back is the same. Okay, what could I have done to make it a 10? I don't care if you tell me a one, there's nothing like, I can't go back and change it now, but I can change it for the future. If you're like, well, if you had bang, 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 great, I'll go out and do it. You know, even for the person that says nine, you know, hey, if you did this, I would have made it a 10. Because often they're just little things most of the time, you know, you spend a yeah. few, an hour here, an hour there. And, you know, and, and what I've found as well is you can chip away at it. You get your course the first time, that's fine. Someone comes back and it's like, hey, you know, this video crap was crap or you should have put this thing in here or you could have told me that. And there's only so many things you can fix up before people are like, I can't fault it. <laughs> you know, like, yep. Yep. there's nothing <laughs> I can do. And that's what happened. You know, it started off most of the time I was getting, oh, it's a seven out of 10. It's an eight out of 10. Now it's like a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, you know, simply not because yeah. I'm good. It's just simply because I've just had so much feedback and I've just listened to what that feedback said and, and implemented it. So I, I think yeah. that's important there. But um, yeah. April, I want to be sensitive of your time. So thank you very much for, for covering those five points there. Uh, there's a couple of questions I always like to finish off the podcast with. Just before I do, what I recommend everyone do is go and check out April's lead magnet. She's got a roadmap to course creation, which basically shows you what to do from step by from the step by step from the idea to marketing the course. I'll put that down in the show notes. So I recommend everyone go and, and check that out there. Um, April, a couple questions I like to finish up with. The first one is around course hosting platforms. Now, about a million different course hosting platforms out there. We don't want to, they've all got their advantages. They've all got their disadvantages. Uh, I'm just curious because I ask this question to everyone. What platform do you use or what platform do you recommend in terms of hosting an online course? Okay. So this is, <laughs> this is an interesting question because like you said, there's so many out there. So currently I use ClickFunnels and I'll tell you why, but um, so I use ClickFunnels because I wanted to be able to build good funnels, right? Yeah. And be able to, like, I knew that that was where my product, I was going to sell my product, right? Yeah. And so I could build the members area in there. And this is what I tell my students is that every platform has its strong point. Yeah. And so for ClickFunnels, it's actually not the best yeah. members experience, but for the marketing side, it was really good. Mm -hmm. So I actually just started diving into two. I like to, I've tested a lot. I really 100%. actually, um, I like Kajabi, yeah. um, but there are things that I don't love about it <laughs> because you can only have so many products, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I'm just testing out um, Learn Worlds. Okay. I'm really liking that one. And I hadn't really heard of that one. And um, it's really powerful in the course area. Like yeah. um, if you're doing quizzes and, um, you know, that engagement aspect of it, like that, that's definitely their strong point is the course. So I'm really liking it so far. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. 
But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Interesting. Yeah, I've used, so I started off with ClickFunnels. So, mm-hmm. and for the funnels, cause I had my original course was an ebook. So it was like, uh-huh. I, I didn't know, I didn't have any, I didn't need anywhere to host the course. You know, I just needed somewhere to sell it. And yep. back in 2014, ClickFunnels, I think was the only one. So, you know, registered for ClickFunnels. And then I realized, oh, hold on. I can actually hold a whole course on here. I was previously, mm-hmm. when I did my research, I was getting quoted like, you know, $10,000 for someone to create a website for me and, and host it on there. And I was saying, yeah. I was like, once I hit, you know, $20,000, I'm going to, you know, go and get a website. And I had ClickFunnels the whole time. And I was like, oh, hold on. I can create a, a course on here, you know? But I, yep. I did actually go off it for that, for the, um, for the course hosting reason. I was like, you know what? There were just too many. It just didn't, I don't know if it's changed, but especially for me, because I had numerous courses, I wanted yeah. something where someone could log in once and all their yes. courses could come up there. On ClickFunnels, I don't know what it's, is. do they, can you do that on Click? It's individual, they need to log it's in. It's right? still individual. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, I got 40 courses, you know, I just had too many, you know, support issues. Like I think ClickFunnels yeah. is great if you got one, you got one course, exactly. one funnel, piece of cake, right? Um, yep. But anymore, not so much. I really like Kajabi, but it's just the price that holds me back. Because once again, I got forty different courses, I got a million different funnels. Like, I'd be paying, I think, about four hundred US dollars a month for Kajabi, and I'm yeah. like, you know, I think there's a better way, and there is actually because I use New Zenla now, which is basically yes. Well, I'm okay, on... I want to hear your. I started looking into that one too, so yeah, I'm excited okay. to hear what you think. Yeah, I'll tell you. And also, I'm an affiliate, so if you do want to sign up, okay. I'll send you a link as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'll get to that in a sec. But um, Learn World, right? The the uh-huh. one of the own, not the owners, one of the the managers hit me up, and she was like, you know, hey, you know, I see you got this Facebook group. I'm the assistant manager at Learn World. So I've never heard of it. I thought it was some. Because there's even every day on LinkedIn, someone hits me up with some new platform that I've never heard about, you know? <laughs> so yep. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, another one of these. But she was Greek. So I was like, ah, she's Greek. My family's Greek. They might know each other. I can't offend the Greek community. So I'll, you know, interview her or whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah, every day there's more and more people telling me about this Learn Worlds thing. So now I, I, I might actually check it out. Uh, but yeah, new Zenla. So I like it because mm-hmm. let me think of where to start. Okay, so I've got two businesses, right? I've got Fitness Education Online. With that, uh-huh. you'll use ClickFunnels for the funnels, but I basically zap it to Teachable. So I host okay. my course on Teachable. Now, yep. it's a pain in the ass, to be honest, because I've just, um, there's, there's so much zapping involved. And it's like, it's Teachable is the opposite to ClickFunnels, where it's really good to host a course on, but the marketing and funnels are rubbish. So it's like, yes. I get the best of both worlds, but it's a lot mm-hmm. of zapping in that, but it's just too much effort for me to change it now with that many funnels, that many courses, it's going to do more damage than good. And, and it's probably more expensive because I think click funnels, I'm on about two or 300 bucks a month, teachable another hundred, but I would have been better just going off with Kajabi. I think it would have been cheaper and yeah. it's, it's all in one, but I'm not <laughs> going to change now. Now, New Zenla is in beta. So there's some things that just... I'm not going to say don't work, but don't work as well as like a ClickFunnels or a Kajabi. So mm-hmm. uh, I use ClickFunnels a lot. It's so easy. 
You know, I can do anything on there. Yeah. Ne- I don't think I've ever had to hit up ClickFunnels support and say this yeah. is working. It's just, it's just so well built. The support's good. It's just, it's really, really good. New Zenla, I can't say I have that same experience. There's some things where mm. a button won't work or it comes up different on mobile here and I need to email support and they tell me to work around or whatever it may be. So I'm not going to say it's perfect, but for the price, I think it's by far the best price because mm-hmm. I got, I don't know what it is now, but I got on it at about $400 a year, right? Yeah. Kajabi, I would be paying that a month. Now, don't get me wrong, yeah. Kajabi is a better platform than Uzenla. I'm not not disputing that at all. But is it 12 times better? I wouldn't say it's 12 times better, you know, and especially yeah. at that sort of price point. Not, I'm not saying you pay 10 bucks or you pay 120 bucks. I'm saying you pay 400 bucks a year or you pay 4,000 bucks a year. Like, yeah, you know? that's a huge difference. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think, and also with Uzenla, uh, it's un- the down point with Kajabi is it's it's the beginner package is so limited, you know. It's like mm-hmm. once again, if you got one course, okay, you know, I think it's two hundred bucks. You got one course, it's okay. But if you got a yep. lot of them, you're just paying up and up and up. New Zendler, it's that one fee. Everything's there. Look, it's not perfect, but for four hundred bucks a year, it's it's got the funnels. It's got the horse course hosting. I don't use it for the email, but I don't think I, I don't use ClickFunnels for the email anyway. Like I prefer to have yeah. a, a separate thing there. So yeah, my take on using it anyway. Um, but one more question before we finish up, April. I always ask this question as well around mentors. So you're obviously a mentor for plenty of course creators out there. I'm curious to hear who your mentors have been. And if you can answer this in a few different ways, uh, a mentor that you've paid money to and you've done their course or their coaching, a mentor uh-huh. you haven't paid money to, but you follow them on social, you watch their YouTube videos, you you know, um, follow them on Instagram, in their Facebook group, whatever it may be, and a book that you recommend every course creator should read. What's Ooh, okay. So paid, unpaid, and book. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to start with unpaid because that was where it was like my trail, you know. So. Um, Russell Brunson, ClickFunnels, right? He's just, he's the guru of marketing, really. I feel like he's, you know, like tried and true for everyone. And um, so, well, I guess I've paid for his books, but I haven't like paid for him. (laughs) You answered all three in one there. Russell Brunson, (laughs) I follow his free stuff. I paid for his books and here are the books I recommend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I haven't like, you know, like joined his, the insider club or whatever he adds but um yeah I feel like his free stuff is really good and just he's, he's really good if you're getting started um paid so Julie Stoyan mm. uh, Funnel Gorgeous I don't know if yep. you've heard of do you Funnel Gorgeous yes so I have been Facebook group are you in her Facebook group uh-huh Marker's Heart that one no, or is she laptop lifestyle yes living the laptop yes life. yes yes so yeah, she's, um, so I have done their, um, uh, they have a certification for marketing and it was one of the best, um, like funnel building, like it's three parts, like you learn offer creation, copy and design. And it was like the best course that I think I've gone through that to help with the marketing world. So Super recommend them. And then my uh, 
favorite book is, and this isn't necessarily course creation, but um, Jamie Kern Lima, do you know who she is? No. Okay, so she is the founder of It Cosmetics. And she yeah. sold it. I'm not a cosmetic yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> As you can probably yeah. tell. <laughs> she sold it to L'Oreal for oh, um, them. like, yeah, she sold it for, I don't know, like this huge amount of money. It was like one of the biggest purchases anyway. But um, her book that just came out in February, it's called Believe It. She talks about her story, how she went years and years and years, like, trying to get this product out into the market and all she heard was no 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 and then finally she got um, a yes from QVC and she tells her story and so if you ever like if there's any doubt that you have like that story and hearing her struggles and seeing you know like that whole behind the scenes it's very like motivational to be like wow, she just kept going. She kept going even when she heard no after no after no, and then it worked. And I think that's the challenge with online business is you see the success or in social media, people look successful, (laughs) you know, like, and it's like, but behind the scenes, what's really happening, you know? And so it's not an overnight, like get rich quick, which I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to put a course out there and I'm going to be rich tomorrow, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you have to know, like, put it out there, but you keep trying. Like, if it doesn't sell the first time, like, look at your launch and see what happened. Like, don't just like shut down and think, oh, I'm not good enough to do this. Like, believe it. And so her story is just so good to help with that motivation of keeping on going in this crazy entrepreneurship world. Yes. Sorry. What was her name? Um, Jamie Kern Lima. Jamie, say that again. Jamie, slowly in an Australian accent, if you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the accent. <laughs> you don't want to hear it. <laughs> so it's Jamie and then Kern is uh, K-E-R-N. Yeah. And then Lima, it's like Lima bean, but Lima, L-I-M-A. Okay, got it. Yeah, sorry. She may be a big name, but that's not my space, you know? So I'm like, I better write this down and make sure that I do it. So yeah, I'll, I'll check that book out. Yeah, Julie, I, I heard her present on a like a you know, 15 tips for your best landing page or whatever at a traffic and conversions uh, summit. And I'm like, uh-huh. wow, okay, this woman knows her stuff, you know? Now I'm in a Facebook group. I recommend everyone join that. And yeah, Russell Brunson, huge fan of his art. I just read his books. I've got his his three books. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one's okay, but the the second two, what is it? Expert secrets and traffic secrets. I just read them. If, I, I probably rotate. One month I read one. The next month I read the other. I, I've read them probably five or six, maybe not, maybe two or three times each. And still, yeah. every time I, I learn something, it's basically yeah. like it, those books. I honestly think are worth about five thousand dollars each. I've paid $5,000 to do people's courses that aren't mm-hmm. as good as Russell Brunson's $7 free shipping book, you know? Exactly, so, yeah. <laughs> it never ends up being $7 because he sells you something else. And then uh, I think yeah. I'm getting a free book and then I've spent, you know, I've got some money on shipping and some online course and some coaching or whatever. Yeah. Uh, even, even if you just don't get sucked in, well, I shouldn't say don't get sucked in. Even if you don't buy the upsells, even just get that book on its own. It's It's the best seven dollars free shipping you'll, you'll ever spend so yeah definitely that. um april that's all we got time for today 
Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything you want to finish us off with? No, I think that was all. I just, um, my biggest recommendation is just to always remember that even when there's other people in your sphere, remember that you are the only person that has the unique gifts and talents and Mm -hmm. life, you know, experiences. And so you have a clientele that you need to serve. So put those blinders on, don't look left and right and compare and just stay on track and keep going. Awesome advice. All right, April, thank you very much for your time. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends and don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.